this is the Rural Youth Pastor Podcast, and I'm your host, Youth Pastor Pickens, and I'm super excited for you to be on here. So grab you a cup of coffee or a sweet tea, and grab you a comfy chair, and take a seat and take a listen. So what is up, guys? So today's podcast, we're talking about what is it that we do to push the gospel to the highest levels that we can? Like, what programs are we using? Um, what what situations have we come across? You know, all these different things and different questions and answers and stuff. I just want to throw to you because I feel like a lot of times we do not exactly go the distance or we don't push ourselves to the distance. So here is a kicker. So when I was a youth pastor at Seth Nazarene, um, one of the things that we did was we created an after school program. And that after school program went bonkers, went crazy. We had like, at one point, I think we had over 40 some youth at an after school program. And let me tell you something, we had maybe four volunteers in that midst. So yeah, that was a crazy time, but that was a way of reaching out to the students. And, you know, we don't just stop there, man. We, we go online and we did stuff online as well. Um, technically, and this is kind of funny, that during that time period was really what prepped me for this time period of COVID and all this because we did online stuff back then. It was limited, but we did it. Um, I was actually pushing videos and stuff out for students and um, encouraging stuff and things like that. And that's something that I feel like even today we need more and more of um, because, I mean, I came to this realization that students were being hit left and right with the wrong stuff, with um, just bad stuff from school, their friends are influencing them to do stuff that really doesn't make sense. And <laughs> for me, I, I, uh, you know, I've had family members, I've had um, teenagers in my youth group just being bombarded with junk that really don't matter. Like, who cares? And, and this is the thing. It's like, I came to the point of this. Like, who cares what I wear? Who cares? You know, if I want to walk out of this house with a pair of PJs and a t-shirt on, that's my prerogative. And as an adult, you know, we see that. But as a teenager, man, they get bashed if they wear the wrong shirt, if it ain't um, un, you know, tied up or whatever. I don't know. Like, I, back when I was in high school, like, the cool thing was to wear holes in your pants. And I was like, you know, why would I want to tear up, like, a pair of good pants just to look cool? So that was always my thing. I always hated when guys came around me and they was like, do you like my holy jeans? I'm like, yeah. Um, if you got a brand new pair of jeans, I'll help you out. Roll you out on the road. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, seriously. So, anyways, that was always a thing back when I was in high school. And, um, but we, we, we see all this stuff coming out. We see all this influence, peer, pre, uh, peer pressure, as we called it back when I was in school. Um, it's more and more influencing teenagers of today. And, you know, we have that gender thing where everybody thinks they're a different gender now and they don't want to be called he or she. They want to be called they or him, them or whatever. And let me tell you something. This is, this is where I get confused about this. And it may just be where I'm out of sorts or what. But, like, I'm not... My daughter is still my daughter. My son is still my son. Um, I'm not giving them the option because God created them, woman and man. Like, that's, that's my prerogative. Like, 
I guess parents are just like more worried about their Facebook and their YouTube than they are about um, their kids. And I hate to put that out there like that, but it's the truth. And this is something that like I always get this sent to me, and this is this is probably where I might be like stepping on toes and kind of busting noses. Um, I always get told, "Hey, you know, you need to fix my teenager." No, you need to fix your teenager. It starts at home, and then it comes to me, and I can preach the gospel, and I can say what exactly the Bible says about stuff. I can tell you that if you're prideful, that you're 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 a sinful person. Um, you know, if you if you have pride in your heart, you know you're far from God. Um, if you think that it is okay to be this or that, or you know, if you want to be a cat one day and a dog the next, you know, technically you are man and woman. It says it in the Bible, God created man and woman. You know, hey, um, not hard science here. And that's what I'm. You know, that's for me to say. But for the parent to sit down and say, hey. You know, this is wrong what you're doing. This is, you know, you're coming in the house. You got all this crazy. This is, this is the parent's thing. Um, because if the parent can't be a parent, then who is? And it surely can't be the student. I have seen too many students here lately that has came up. And it's not even in my youth group. It's just in general. Um, they became the parents. They became the law. And that's wrong parenting. Like, if you're allowing that kind of parenting... Listen, that is wrong. <laughs> so, youth pastors, if you're listening, I want you to be encouraged right now because we are fighting for the lives of teenagers. And I feel like that we somehow are more just complying to people and making feel people feel good when that's not going to help people get out of hell. And I really hate to say that. It, it, we are not Joel Osteen's. We are youth pastors. We are people that are standing in the way of hell and its armies grabbing the youth of today. And I'm really saying that with all of my heart because I feel like that if I am preaching the gospel and doing everything I can, um, I am really keeping kids from hell. And, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. And I get so... Uh, so wound up with this, and like I, I read scripture, and and I'm reading the gospels, and I'm like, man, this is what God is saying, and, and I preach it, and man, if like a teenager gets upset or they start bawling and crying in the youth group, man, that's hitting their hearts, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, there was a time that uh, I have a little sister, and I, I love her to death, and she's like the best thing that's ever happened to me, and I can say that, like she's my little sister, but. We went to a Christian concert one day, and she started bawling crying, and I never understood why. I never sat down and talked to her. I never said, you know, hey, what's going on? Um, and I wished 100% that, like, they had a different pastor at this conference, or at this uh, uh, concert, because, like, he was up there talking about all this weird stuff, and I'm up here like, Man, preach the gospel right now because you got people in here that don't know Jesus. You need to preach the gospel. And like it never happens. So I never get the opportunity to preach and talk to, you know, my my little sister or my niece, which they're like four hours away. And I would love to just sit down with them and say, Hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about what, what it is that is causing us to do this stuff. And and that goes that don't just go for them, that goes for like a whole generation of people. 
you know, what, what will it take for youth pastors to stop feeding um, cake to their youth? And man, start pulling out the steaks and start pulling out the mashed potatoes and stuff and get us fat. You know what I'm saying? Get us full. That's what I'm talking about. So I, I get I get aggravated with this because, you know, there, there, so many pastors are willing to compromise what God has given them for the fact of, I need numbers. And I'm not that youth pastor. Like, I have three teenagers right now, I think. <laughs> like, um, we've started our lives back and everything, and I've really been pushing to get um, more teenagers involved. And uh, we're going to start looking at possibly in the summer going to different areas and preaching the gospel. And I'm taking my teenagers with me, and we're going to go hang out for a day and just talk to people. And that's what we do. That's what we need to do. I feel like that, that is how you build a youth group. That is how you build people. Um, I can do every kind of event, every kind of program. Man, I can do orange curriculum i can do dym curriculums whatever i can do it all but if i do not have my teenagers in a position to where they see exactly what i see that it's no use and i have to get them to a position to where they see what i see because we can go around with our nose up in the air for our entire lives and have no idea who's hurting around us and it takes situations to where people are like, hey, listen, you go with me, let's go, let's go drive around. And that's where it really opens eyes. Like my youth pastor, when I was a youth pastor at Amazing Grace Fellowship, we went to, I can remember it was like yesterday, we went and had this um, summer camp thing at the church. And, um, you know, I was a part of the cooking crew, but I did go out with a couple crews to paint and see people and uh, work on floors and stuff like that. And um, this lady we went to was like totally shocked at what we were doing. And that was something that really struck me to the core because I was looking in the eyes of someone that was hurting. I was looking in the eyes of someone that needed help. And if I didn't see what I did then, I would have never saw it my entire life. I would have went by that place a hundred times. But thanks to what we did, you know, we saw. And after that, every year we did uh, what we called missions camp. And, and, you know, we went and helped an orphanage in uh, Wilmington, Florida, or Wilmington, uh, North Carolina. Yeah. And, you know, we did all kinds of stuff. We witnessed two people on the beach, which was, I've never seen that before. And I, when I was a part of it, man, that was awesome. And, um, you know, there's so much stuff that we did. And, I really enjoyed my my childhood, my teen years, because I got to see a lot of things that prepped me for who I am now. Now, will I go out and take my teenagers and do this stuff? Yeah, I will. I feel like that's what we're going to be planning this year. Um, I'm going to be working with other uh, adults to kind of get this all situated, and then we are going to go out and start doing more and more witnessing, more and more helping people. Um, I feel like that's what we need to do. And... And witnessing the other teenagers is awesome. And that's where I think I'm going to do some events in the summer um, in different areas to kind of, hey, this is what we're doing. So, um, but yeah, I feel like that we need more of that. We need youth groups that are willing to stand against the, uh, stand against the enemy and just push them back. 
just a bit. And I, I know that sounds like very hard because some youth groups are like, they're like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, you know, I'm up here and I'm preaching the gospel and these teenagers, all they're doing is throwing paper balls and uh, spitting spit wads at the ceiling. Keep preaching. Because one day, someone's going to click. And that's what I want you to understand is I want you to keep going. Keep fighting. Man, that teenager is worth it. It's like I even look at some of the teenagers I have in my youth group and like people around me are like, well, they're a lost cause. Well, no one's a lost cause because if I was, if anyone was a lost cause, it was me when I was a teenager, when I was a young adult, when I was four years ago, five years ago, six years ago. I was the one that was a lost cause. And I didn't let that stop me. God kept going. God kept fighting for me every day. And I, I kind of sit this morning at work and I was praying a little bit because I was just so, I, I don't know what it was. I think God was really leading me up to this talk. And I was looking at photos and stuff that I had on my phone. I was looking at uh, photographs I had on my computer of like the past and everything. And one of them hit me and it was me five years ago, drunk, in a camper. And it really shocked me to the core because I didn't look like the same person I look like today. And God has taken me from that instance to where I am now. And that's where I want people to really say, hey, I'm fighting for people. I'm fighting for that teenager. I'm fighting for that young adult, you know? Because I didn't have nobody fighting for me. You know, I had my family fighting for me. I had I had people that influenced me. I had friends that wanted me to go drinking all the time. But I still fought. I still went and God still fought for me. He kept going for me. And that's what it's all about is we have a God that is willing to fight for us. And, and we have to fight for Him and fight for the teenagers and fight for the people around us because that we're all they got. We have people that get influenced, like I talked about earlier, you know, people are being influenced daily. Why can't we be one of the influencers? Why can't we be the loudest voice in the room? Because let me tell you something, um, you can hand out candy bars, pizzas, and uh, tacos all you want, but unless you're influencing them in multiple areas of their life, they ain't listening. So I just want to leave that there. Man, be influencers. Love your teenagers. Love the group of kids you got. And do everything you can to fight for them. So love you guys. And I will talk to y'all later.